Before we start the show today, this is Joe from Lockdown Wild wanting you to go to Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. That's Built Bar. Let's start the show. You are Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Bully, and with me is Tony Abbott, my co-host. Uh, we're both of ZoneCoverage.com, so check out ZoneCoverage.com for all of our writing. Tony, yeah, how are you doing? Zone. The Zone yeah. Coverage. I don't know. Is that an AutoZone No, no, thing? no, 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 no. Now they'll know. Now they'll know. Oh, okay. Now they'll know we ripped him off. You can't say uh, that. We're, gonna, we're totally getting sued now. Yeah. How you no. doing? Uh, I mean, I was doing all right until I was worried that I was going to, like, get my livelihood taken away from me in a in a, in a a corporate lawsuit. But uh, uh, other yeah, than that, now, I'm okay. Yeah. Got to be careful of those AutoZone patrons. Uh, yeah no um i'm doing all right like uh you know probably uh probably dealing with the same stuff that uh that a lot of people are right now in terms of and and i'm not you know i i'm I'm talking you know a little more petty than uh than or uh, significantly more petty than (laughs) you know what was going on uh last week which is still going on and and we still want to uh want to give our support to, to the people out there uh, protesting and and such. You you turned me on to a band following our last show. We kind of recorded and then we just sat long after just talking about different BA bass lines because our friend Panda Pete was uh, looking at basses and uh, we stumbled over the coup. And yeah. I gotta say, man, I uh, I've now listened to two of their albums and it's just a good funky hip hop. And uh, it's it's good protest music. I have not dived into as much of the coup as I uh, as I want to. Basically, I wanna I wanna get through it all eventually. And I think you're gonna beat me at this point with uh, with how fast you're you're tearing through <laughs> it. Um, but like everything that I've heard from it, I've liked a lot. Yeah, it's um it's a different type of vibe. Like it's very um, God, how do I explain it? It's very uh. NWA, but not it's it's more funky than that. I would say, mm-hmm. like it's got that kind of tone. God, how do I? I would say it's got the tone of like protesting and living and growing up in on the streets of you know and that kind of thing. Yeah, and 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 all of that, but it is so much more funky and and it s- sounds like it's it's more of like uh, I don't know if it's sampled. I don't think it's sampled because I don't recognize any of the the music. So I wonder if it's like original m- music and stuff too. Uh, I, I I couldn't tell you. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. Sorry, but it's good stuff. So yeah, I definitely been hitting that hard. Uh, check out the coup if you're into it. It's C O U P. Heck yeah! Heck yes! Heck yes! Um, what else is going on? You got. Uh, I got new, new shoes, video games, Joe. 
You got new shoes. I got new shoes for the first time in like three years. I think the last the last pair of shoes that I bought uh, were shoes that uh, that I I got for work three years ago, and I was like, well, like uh, this is like the one pair of shoes that I'm gonna wear for the year because like I'm gonna be on my feet and I'm gonna wear through these shoes and (laughs) they're gonna be like completely wrecked in a year. Uh, and then I just never swapped them out. I, I never <laughs> felt like I could afford to swap out my work shoes. <laughs> so for my last like two and a half years of working at a gas station, I'm using like shoes that like I have like um, that I have walked in so much that like they were getting really uncomfortable. And then it was almost Ugh. like I walked I walked a second wind into my shoes. Jeez. <laughs> and then they uh, and then they uh, then they started. Uh, you know, getting uh, down in comfortability again. And then, like, I got, like, a third cycle of, like, a second wind out of my Wow, jeez. Um, how, how does that happen? I have no idea. I'm not, like, Dr. Scholl, the shoe <laughs> physicist. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like, uh, those those last shoes lasted a lot, long time, but, like, I'm not yeah, working at a gas station anymore, so I, I can... I can choose shoes based off more than just like, okay, they need to be this percentage of black and you need to be able to stand in them right. for uh, eight hours at a time. Yeah, that's rough. Did, so what did you do? Did you go like white New Balance dad shoe type thing or what did you do? No, I got like a, I got a, <laughs> I got a black pair of like mid-top sneakers. Okay. And then like a baby blue corduroy sneaker. Hmm, all right. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, th- this looks really nice. So, like, I, I, I've i not been a huge, like, shoe or sock guy. And then, like, 12 years of, of living with my wife uh, <laughs> has, like, sunk in uh, an awareness of, like, oh, yeah, I, I suppose, like, I, I could spend, right. you know, three seconds, you know, thinking, <laughs> like, do my feet look nice? See... I've never really been much of a worried about what kind of shoes I was wearing. I mean, I've I've grown up out of like the sneaker point of my life. So I'm wearing other shoes. So I'm not wearing like tennis shoes and sneakers and stuff. But um you know, they they I do like a good new pair of socks. I do find some joy in putting on a new pair of socks. Like there was a time uh, during my late teens and during high school where I um, would get uh, from one of my, um, from my mom's boyfriend's parents uh, at the time, uh, the she'd always get me like a, a bag of socks and it was cheap for them, which was great. And uh, I don't know, I'd get new brand new socks and nothing feels better than putting on a brand new pair of socks. Are you a basic sock guy or are you a fun sock guy? Oh no, I'm, I'm totally basic. Your basic, yeah, basic white cotton. Okay, yeah, and I and I do wear ones that go up over the ankle because I'm sorry, but those those basic like toe socks or ones that basically just barely go over the heel, <laughs> those aren't socks. Yeah, I I I, I don't I, I've never gotten the appeal of that either, but you know, <laughs> yeah, everyone everyone likes what they like. My wife actually wears those quite a bit, and I feel like she needs to go back to the store to get the rest of the sock. <laughs> she got ripped off. She got ripped off. Now that's a dad joke. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are 
uh, we, we got a couple questions in our mailbag. And then I also wanted to ask you a question myself here as we uh, get into a few other things. But All kinds um, of questions. I do want to talk to you first about Bilt Bar. Uh, Bilt Bar is a, uh, well, they're a healthy bar. They're the healthy protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And you know what? It came in handy because my wife and I uh, yesterday just started day one of a weight loss journey. We're trying to, to become better, our better selves, you know, a thinner self. And uh, you know what? It's tough to really start restricting your food intake, especially when you've got a sweet tooth like like I do. And uh, so last night I was um, scouring through the pantry trying to do my best to not get anything. But then I found the build bars again, and uh, I grabbed one out. And you know what? They were perfectly fine. They fit well within my uh, my caloric intake that I needed for the day, and they were a nice little treat. They're made with 100% real chocolate, and the calories and and the and the protein and all that stuff. Like I knew what I was putting in my body wasn't going to hurt and completely destroy my diet, even on day one. So check out Build Bar, uh, BuiltBar.com, and if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Let's check out Built Bar. Welcome back to the show. It's Locked On Wild with your hosts, Tony and Joe. I am Joe Bully. Thank you for tuning in. Um, also, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We do appreciate everybody who stuck with us through this COVID 19 and the fact that there's been no hockey going on. And we hope that uh, everybody returns when hockey does play. Again, because uh, hopefully well, we hope that's you return not... now. We need well, our numbers up. Well, that too, but um, we do hope that hockey is on the horizon. So hopefully, we've got that going on. Uh, I do believe that the the Wild has officially opened up their Tria Rink um, practice facility. Not sure how many people are actually practicing over there, but uh, the NHL is now going into phase two, and. Uh, we also got some news from the Minnesota Wild as well that uh, Alex Stalock is the Masterton Memorial Trophy nominee from the Minnesota Wild. Uh, did uh, you, sometimes there's an article about you know why they're or like a blurb on why they're nominated? Did you uh, did you happen to see anything like that? Well, I know that uh, Russo uh, he put out an article today, uh, kind of stating that. Uh, you know, it was a guy that um, kind of was thrust into a spot that, uh, you know, maybe he wasn't quite ready for after essentially kind of following the same footsteps as Devin Dubnik uh, a few years ago where he got traded to Toronto, got buried, and then had to essentially try to rediscover his game. And uh, you assume the number one starting goalie position uh, as recent as, um, was it February this year, and got the wild kind of, back into contention for a playoff spot. So um, that's really kind of the big thing. Uh, so this is what I've been seeing. So uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about Staylock? I mean, I know uh, Giles Farrell wrote about him as, as a potential team MVP. Uh, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I'm pretty even keel on him, right? Like he uh he obviously played really well down the stretch to uh to get Minnesota into a position where they were able to get into a playoff thing. Um so like, you know, good for uh good for uh I honestly like a, a sincere good for him on that. Like, you know, the team needed him to step up on on a couple of occasions and he did, but you know, like he's he's still Staylock, but that's you know, not everyone can be 
you know, not everyone can be Henrik Lundqvist or, uh, or not everyone can be Connor Hellebuck, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's done, uh, he's done everything that you can ask of him this year. And, uh, and like, I'm, I'm glad to see that that's getting some recognition. Uh, it's nice to be named the nominee. I do. If I'm, if I'm handicapping this year's Masterton trophy, uh, I think it's gotta be Jabo. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of hard. Uh, it, it it's kind of hard to uh, to not, you know, see, you know, what he had to go through uh, this year, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and not uh, think of him uh, for something like the Masterton. Absolutely, and then uh, obviously other nominees. Uh, we've had two winners for the from the Minnesota Wild in recency was uh, Josh Harding in 2013 and I'm sorry, 2013, 14 season. And then David Dubnik, I think the following year in 14, 15. So uh, the wild do have uh, players that have won that award as well as um, uh, even was it last year, Jason Zucker won the, uh, the uh, Uh, King Clancy. Yeah. The King Clancy award um, with his uh, give 16 campaign. So that pretty awesome. Those are, I think those are pretty good things for uh for wild players to win we certainly would like to see a heart come to minnesota someday and potentially like a um a rocket richard trophy or something like that but uh um you know king clancy is one of those awards that i think i think means the most if you're asking me just because of what they what players are doing in their community and um and masterton trophy is just kind of showing that heart so Mm -hmm. i I think um I, I, I think that uh, I think that Kevin Fiala is uh, has got a job for him in, in bringing home a heart trophy next year. There we go. We'll see how that we'll see how that goes. Don't bold take here, and not even before the season's over. Please don't hold me to this. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna keep that tape. <laughs> is, it, is it weird to say tape when it's all digital? Uh, no, it's fine. Like okay. we we should we should make like mixtapes of our best episodes. Remix. And just like and just sell like set like there are only one thousand copies of the best of Lockdown Wild mixtape. We should do like a time life commercial, but it's all <laughs> Lockdown Wild episodes. It's all our hottest takes. <laughs> the greatest takes from the sixties and the seventies. The Thirty the hours of Minnesota Wild takes. <laughs> Order now and you get a bonus uh a bonus twenty hours. <laughs> All right. Well, Who bought those. I don't know, but man, they were on late at night, all the time. Somebody had to. If you bought one of those, email us at lockdownwild at gmail dot com. We want to you know hear what, from you. You know what is funny too is half of that music became the soundtrack to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume well, One I and Two. We're gonna say Forrest Gump. Uh, that too. That was that was the that was the <laughs> ultimate boomer music video movie for his gump. But uh yeah, right. Guardians of the Galaxy is up there too. Yeah. So uh I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up, man? So do you believe in life after love? Love. Ooh, ooh. Now you're gonna share on the bit. Another well, time life. We gotta do we gotta do boomer music. Either that or it it was either Time Life, Boomer Music, or it's uh, Now That's What I Call Music Volume 2. 
Because I think we're up to like twenty five or something like that. It's getting no, crazy. no, no, no. There, uh, there was, uh, there were memes going around about this like not that <laughs> long ago. There was now that's what I call music sixty nine. Ooh, nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, but no, I was going to ask you uh, about the the owner Craig Leopold of Minnesota Wild, and I uh, just before you know we got a few minutes here, but do you believe that? The Wild, that he's the right owner for the Minnesota Wild to eventually get to the Cup? Uh, I... You know, there's always this idea that he's meddling, and I don't believe that he's meddling. I do believe that there's points where he's applying pressure, but I don't Mm. believe he's, like, meddling in the day-to-day like a Jerry Jones is. There are... I guess what I would say is how much do you think an owner actually impacts what happens? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, a lot of it is just putting uh, putting uh, the right people in place, opening the checkbook, and uh, and letting it go from there. Like, if you can do those two things, like, I don't really care uh, what an owner does as long as it's not like, you right. know something like extremely like gross or shady off the eye or like out away from the rink. Um, like a Bob craft. Yeah. Or, or like not, not just that or, or anything like that. Just, um, I, I was kind of thinking Ottawa with like all of their oh, awful yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. that that's happened. What um, about Dundon from, uh, Carolina? Ah, uh, with him, like, okay. Like, um, Okay, you're dealing you're dealing with billionaires in all these cases. Right. Uh, we're just gonna we just gotta throw that there, and uh, and I'm just I'm just not going to endorse like any billionaire is a good person, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, or anything like that. So we're all dealing we're all dealing with uh, with uh, varying levels or of like of yeah not 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 the best people maybe uh, so. Uh, I, I, Dundon's, like, business empire is legitimately evil. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a very bad way that he made his money. Um, and, and that is, that is repulsive. Um, but, like, as an owner, right? Like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, I, I don't think that he's done too bad of a job just in terms of owning the team. Right, they they basically just put Tolsky, Eric Tolsky, uh, a big hockey stats guy, uh, who worked in their front office for years, at, in charge as like a shadow GM, and I think that that is uh, is a pretty good way to run your team. Like you have like a hockey man to talk to the hockey men, uh, but <laughs> behind uh, the the scenes, you have someone identifying like the Nino Niederreiters and the Dougie Hamiltons, and just being like. Bring all those to me. Me! Uh, so, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think Dundon is a bad owner in terms of, like, what he does with the hockey team. And I, I don't, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I would probably put uh, Leopold in that category where, like, whatever, like, quibbles that you want to have with him, I don't think that he's done... 
uh, other than uh, other than you know hiring his buddy uh, Paul Fenton, you know <laughs> I, I think that's probably the worst. I think people will like be like ah well well they wouldn't have done the Parise Suter deals if not for him. Like I think I I think a lot of teams. We're gonna do the Parisi Suter deal, so yeah. I don't think it was just like, uh, like you know, Craig Leopold coming in and putting a gun in Chuck Fletcher's head and being like, "You mortgage the future, bring in these old guys," or anything like. You know what I'm saying? Right. And here's where I will say, I do think that he does provide some pressure for the team to succeed and to be a sellout, and that means. Maybe there is not so much an appetite to really bottom out and try to rebuild. So I do think that there is something to that. And I think we've talked about that before on past episodes here on Locked on Wild, as well as our old 10K Rings radio. But is he a Jerry Jones type? No. Is he is he out in the front kind of like other, you know, other uh owners are not so much he's kind of in the middle i think he i think he, what he wants is a is a winner and that's great that you want a winner but there also needs to be a process and i don't necessarily think he's knee-jerk but i do feel like not having that appetite to really bottom out i think forces them to make other personnel decisions that maybe they wouldn't normally do at this point especially um considering the, where the wild have been at and where they've gone um, they really want to, and I, and I've been a guy that's always said for long too, that bottoming out is not the only way to build a real true winner. I mean, you've got teams like the blues that used to make the, the postseason for damn near a decade before they won the Stanley cup. You know, you've got the San Jose sharks that made it to the finals who made it for a decade before they got to the Stanley cup finals. I think you can get there and I think you can put together teams to do that. Um, in that in that way too. So, well, bottoming out is about finding the star players, right? Once you once right. you have the star players, you can uh, you can fill around uh, around them, right? Well, mm-hmm. if you have Kevin Fiala and, and he's you know this good next year, if you have Kirill Kaprizov and he's as good as everyone's hoping he'll be, then you already got that. You know, yeah, without having to to bottom out, but yeah, we, we yeah. this segment's gone on. This segment, this segment does have has gone on. Um, in the next segment, we'll get to just a couple of questions that hit our mailbag. So, uh, but first, I do want to talk about Rock Auto. With uh, the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So, why endure all the often pointless or seemingly intimidating question? Like, uh, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX or is your, what's your Toyota? You know, what, what's, what, uh, trim is that? Cause I don't really pay attention to any of that and the different types of that. And I don't really care, but rock auto does. And, uh, rather than trying to ask somebody at the counter and wait for it on the computer, why don't you just access the computer yourself and uh, go to rockauto.com and that way you can do it from your house and, uh, it saves you money in your wallet and in your pocket, you know, rockauto.com has everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet for all the best prices go to rockauto.com where they're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers go to rockauto.com right now and write locked on in there how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you rockauto.com and we're back here on locked on wild it's joe and tony here to guide you through the rest of the show 
Tony, you had a couple, you put out a call out for questions and you got a couple to your mailbag in this uh, impromptu mailbag episode. Uh, you want to start off the top here and see what we can talk about? Yeah, Gilman asks us, who's going to be your starting goalie when the playoffs resume? Ooh. <laughs> can I cop out and say whoever's performing in cap the best? <laughs> because uh, I do believe that there's a real good chance that Kakinen could outperform both of them, being younger and, and being able to maybe uh, loosen up a little bit faster in, in, than some of the older guys. I would endorse giving Kakinen the first shot at it. I do not think that they are going to go straight to Kakinen. I think okay. they'll go to uh, I think they'll go to Stalock first, and at the first sign of shakiness, I do not think that they're going to go and uh, and go to Dubnik if Stalock's shaky. Uh, remember, like you, you could argue that uh, that the the reason that Boudreaux, you know, ended up. Uh, you know, getting getting out of the Minnesota was because he stubbornly put his faith in in Dubnik uh, over mm-hmm. and over again, um, and, and I, I don't think that Dean Evason coaching for his job is going to make that same uh, that same yeah. move. Among other players, obviously, but yeah, Dubnik was certainly one that uh, Bruce kept putting in the cage mm-hmm. and relying upon. So. Cool. Morpheus from the Matrix. How do you feel about Kaprizov burning the first year of his contract in relation to the Wild having to potentially pay him a huge contract sooner than we would have pre-COVID? How do I feel? Yeah, how do you feel about Kaprizov burning the first year of his contract this year, uh, potentially, if the PA wins their fight to to allow players like Kaprizov into the league? Um, Uh, I say do whatever you need to do to get him signed. Like if you've got to pay him more and he's, if he's really going to be the player you think he's going to be, you're not worried at all about burning that year. Yeah. And here's the thing too, right? Like, and there's a chance that, you know, Kaprizov, you know, coming in, you know, next year and then having two years on his contract before, uh, it, it goes into uh restricted free agency that could bite Minnesota in the butt just as easily. Let's say Kaprizov comes over, right? And, uh, and and puts up like a good rookie season, uh, maybe even a really good rookie season, right? And then he's yep. up for restricted free agent. See, you have to pay him, yes, but uh, would you rather pay him then, or you know where you know he might get you know, let's say he gets seven million after this year, yep. uh, and and has like a really like strong rookie season, right? So let's say that he comes in the playoffs, does pretty well, comes in, uh, wins wins rookie of the year, right? Calder Trophy. Okay. Uh, maybe you have to give him like seven million dollars a year. Um, I mean that's that's a lot of money, but like, what if you don't bring him over now? He come his first year starts next year, so he doesn't burn a year this year. Has a has a really good rookie season, and then the next year after that, he goes on a complete tear. And then all of a sudden you're paying him eight, nine million dollars a year, right? There there mm-hmm. are Exactly yeah. it's it's not as simple as like, oh, like we have to pay this guy sooner. Maybe you want to pay him sooner. Uh maybe paying him sooner saves on the overall cost uh going forward. You just don't know about any of that. So with that in mind that you just don't know about any of that. I agree with Joe, and I'm just like, I want this guy 
under contract as soon as possible. I want him to have the full season next year. Yeah, and to expand upon your point, because I completely thought about that too, where you know if you have him playing and he goes off, then you you might pay him seven million, which I don't even know if that'd be the case. But um, because when you look at it in general, he would have had less than eighty-two games potentially played by then, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, certainly we hope that he's going to continue to be. But I think in in negotiations, you can say, "Look, you've only been here for so long." Plus, not to mention the Wild have been downplaying expectations for a while, saying, "Look, there's an adjustment. There is going to be something that we might have to to deal with before he comes over." There very well could be an adjustment, and you know what? If he does have a hard time adjusting right off the bat, and his numbers are depressed. It does help that negotiation. Now, I'm just coming from from like a team perspective. It does hurt him in negotiations for that richer contract in his in his free agency deal. But obviously, you, you're risking big time if he goes off. The, the point is here is you want him to go off because when they when that's happening, obviously the Wild are doing are doing good things. But if it's not. It does save you a little bit on the back end and allows him a little bit more time to adjust before really getting rich. So there's there's always a risk there, and there's going to be a risk in the way the negotiations go. But I think you got to get him over here. you got to get him in your uniform, and you got to get him on the ice before you can make any of those types of decisions. So if it requires burning the year, it requires burning the year. Yeah, and we live in a, we live in a, in a post-William Nylander world. And I think that that is going to be, you know, a thing that uh, that is is a thing going forward. I think that uh, I think that, you know, players are going to get paid more and they're going to get paid more sooner. So I don't think it's going to I, I don't think there's a there's a magic way that you get Kaprizov and he gets here real cheap for for a good amount of time. All right, uh, we are uh, we are going to go on to our next question. Any coaches you would like to see behind the bench for the twenty twenty one season? I'm assuming that means for Minnesota. I would assume so. Cause, uh, I mean, I don't know any Timberwolves coaches. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I wrote about Dean Evison a few weeks ago. And that I think that there's a certain aspect to what he's done that could see him get, uh, you know, a little bit longer leash in, in addition for a short-term deal to really see what he can do. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily hate it in that scenario, but I do think like Gerard Gallant is out there. And I think that just kind of seeing witnessing it from afar, what he did with Florida, what he did with Vegas, I think there are things there where it's like, yeah, you know what? That'd be really fun to have here. Gallant would be a good one. Um, my thing with my thing with uh, a lot of times with coaches, you just you just don't know yeah. until you know. Right. I mean, same thing with Paul Fenton. I mean, we can talk sit we could sit here and talk about what we thought of him on the outside until he actually joined the uh, the organization, and we've heard about all the other nonsense and and the trades that he was was doing and granted it brought us uh fiala and and, and donato who uh, i think had a um 
a, a really below the radar kind of decent season. Yeah. Um, but still, like there are there are things to managing people that we didn't know about until he got in the job. And so, uh, are we? What, what are we going to really know? And how we how a new coach would um, affect the Minnesota Wild until you have, get them? Now, I don't think I'd want Peter Laviolette though. Uh, I yeah, I'm not a Laviolette guy. Uh, maybe, maybe I was at one point, but, uh, but not anymore. I think that, uh, I think that you just kind of got to let, uh, let that one go. Especially since, like, it's not like that guy was, was getting the most out of Kevin Fiala. Right. So, um, but I, but I do see a situation that Dean Evison could at least stick around for a little bit longer. So, and I wouldn't necessarily hate it. That's assuming that the trends that he had in February were going to continue. Mm-hmm. All right. And our last question also comes from Morpheus from the Matrix. Most overpowered Super Smash Brothers character? I'm going to defer to you because I don't think I've actually ever played the game. I was going to ask if you've ever played Smash. I don't know if you... I don't play Smash that much. I play it every now and then with uh, with a friend of mine. And, like, I, I it, it's most fun as, like, a party game for me. Like, mm-hmm. playing it online or competitively isn't super fun. Or it's not as fun. Yeah, it, it's not fun enough for me to go out of my way to do it. But, like, playing it uh, with, with you know, a couple of friends on the couch. And a bunch of drinks. Yeah, I get or, it. Or, you know, like, even, even online right now, social distancing. Uh, but with friends and, and you're video chatting and you're, and you're having those aforementioned drinks. Uh, that's that's fun too. I I don't know who the most overpowered Smash character is just because uh, I'm not uh, I, I I don't play enough to to make such determinations. But like I'm sure it's like a fast character like Fox or uh, or someone like that. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you who the least powerful one is, Joe. Okay, because it's the one I play with. <laughs> the whatever character it is, it's the one that you're playing with. No, 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 no. Oh. I play. I, 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 I play with one character, and I don't think it's very powerful. Uh, okay. Certainly not overpowered. Uh, and uh, and I play with it because I like it. You know, uh, uh, there is uh, the Piranha Plant from Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I play with the Piranha Plant from Mario just because <laughs> I get a kick of watching it hop around in its its pipe. Uh, that's how it moves around. That's 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 a big reason why it's not overpowered. Is sure. because it, it's uh, it's side to side mobility just is non-existent because it's jumping around, it's swinging, it's it, the the pipe that it comes out of, <laughs> and that's how uh, that's how it moves side to side. That's funny. If you can get close, uh, there are there are like things that you can do to hit real hard. And that's real fun whenever you land something like that. And then um, when you get knocked around the stage as much as I do, uh, uh, the uh, piranha plant will recover from hits. So, mm-hmm. so like, um, as it's, like, flying off the screen, you can, like, recover it uh, by, like, doing, like, aerial moves to uh, to get back onto the stage. And the piranha plant one, he spins around like a helicopter. Okay. And uh, and flies back to the stage. It's uh, it's real fun. But uh, let me tell you, I do not win any matches. <laughs> uh, we'll have to break down party games 
Um, cause there were definitely some that I played when I partied. We'll have to, we'll have to get together when, when yeah. we're not, uh, social distancing anymore. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and play some of those. Cause like, I want to, I want to play tower fall with you. Okay. That's a fun one. Sure. Uh, all right, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at OhioTony. You can find my work at zonecoverage.com. I did not write anything last week, uh, but I'm back in the game. Uh, I wrote uh, a piece outlining what I think are, are Vancouver's three biggest advantages over the Minnesota Wild going into this uh, this playoff series. Have you received any hate mail for that? Uh, no, no, nobody <laughs> hates me. Good, good, because I remember... I remember doing a three reasons or five reasons why the Blues would win, and I think that was me. Yeah, well, I remember we posted it, and it was like a, the comment section just blew up on Facebook, and it was not pretty. Uh, there was I, a couple of banishments, and it was not good. <laughs> I did not say that Vancouver would win. I just said that oh, it was okay. going to be very challenging for Minnesota <laughs> right. to uh, to match up against. Uh, are you are you sure you're not just a closeted Blackhawks fan that's just sad that the Blackhawks aren't in the play- playoffs? I uh, know because I'm a closeted Canes fan. Ooh, okay. Raising Canes? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not All right. Lie. <laughs> All right. You can find me at JoeBoo15 on Twitter, and you can also find my work posting on ZoneCoverage.com on Fridays. That will do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any extra work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked On Wild. You can get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day.